And welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and I want to thank you for spending the time on this Saturday morning learning about veterans' issues. You're listening to the only radio show in the entire nation dedicated to educating civilians about veterans' issues. Now, this week we had an awesome talk. We sat down with Mark Whiting, the program manager for the Military Medic and Corpsman program. And what that does is it allows medical personnel in the military to come work in Virginia and get past all the red tape that normally precludes them from just jumping right in because they've had all this awesome training, but most states require their own licensing. Well, the Department of Veterans Services was able to make a special arrangement so these people can start working right away. However, they also recognize that people have been out of service for a while. They have a No Veteran Left Behind program that can do all sorts of the other things in the medical community, as well as healthcare leadership. As Mark was telling me, healthcare leadership is all about being like a military installation. You need all the things running, all the logistics and all the information technology and all the other things that you need to keep a hospital running. Well, if you've had years of experience leading people or serving in the military, these are awesome skills that people need in the medical community. So without any further ado, the interview with Mark's a little bit longer than normal, so I'm going to jump right into it, but I hope you really enjoy this interview with Mark Whiting with the Department of Veterans Services. Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and today we have an awesome guest. It's Mark Whiting with the Virginia Department of Veterans Services Military Medic and Corpsman Program. Now, they offer clinical, non-clinical, and leadership career and education pathways for veterans seeking employment in Virginia's healthcare system. Now, Mark, what does all that mean? <laughs> well, Tyler, first and foremost, hey, thank you for having me on the show. and and. Uh, getting uh, an opportunity to share some pretty cool information to to your listeners and and uh, folks on your podcast. Yeah, the the MMAC program, MMAC program, is is we're we're changing the way healthcare hires veterans in Virginia. Uh, you mentioned we offer three distinct pathways, hiring pathways. Um, when we work with a lot of the of all of virtually all of the major healthcare systems to uh, present employment and education opportunities for veterans and for transitioning service members um, are, are kind of our, our most unique uh, pathway is what we call our MAC qualified. As you know, you know, most of your listeners know, uh, you leave the service, you've got all this tremendous uh, training, you know, high, high end, high speed training experience. Um, but other than maybe EMT, when you leave, when a medic or a corpsman or an Air Force medical technician leaves military, there's no credentials. 
And, and that's a real challenge because now that medical corpsman has to essentially start over in, to get a healthcare required healthcare credential and, you know, could probably teach a lot of part of that, you know, of that course uh, that he has to take because he or she has that tremendous training and, and, and background. We flipped that model in Virginia, and we're currently the only state in the country that allows medics, corpsmen, and Air Force medical technicians to continue practicing at that same skill level when they enter civilian health care. Because so, we, we have legislation. Go ahead. So even though they were doing it for three, four, five, ten years in the military, when they get out of the military – it's like they've never done it before ever in their life and their training doesn't count except with your program. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's, that's exactly why the MAC pro program was created. Uh, Tyler is to, to kind of keep the, the continuity of clinical care, clinical experience, and that continuity of caring because you don't go into that field if you don't care for people and, and, and not, just, uh, not just fellow veterans, but anybody that would be involved in that, in that operational space. Um, so it allows them, yes, to do exactly that, to continue uninterrupted. And now we've had people who, have, uh, who are on terminal leave and literally have you know, taken those dog tags off uh, on Friday, and gone to work in healthcare, barely missing a beat the following week. Uh, so, so because for our, we for have our the, listeners that are, are listening that aren't military, terminal leave is the leave as you're leaving the military, you're getting paid, but you're basically on vacation until your obligation is up. And so sometimes people that are listening aren't aware of all the military terms, so we try to explain them. Makes sense. Thanks. Thanks for that clarification, Tyler, because, you know, it's that that's that sweet spot. You know, if we can that way, that that veteran or transition service member really has an uninterrupted, seamless transition into civilian health care and they don't have to start over what they what they we expect of them is to be enrolled or enroll in a credentialing program while they're working, while they're they're keeping their skills sharp. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're keeping their clinical skills uh, up to speed uh, and also while they're going to school to get those required credentials because they're coming out, they're at somewhere between advanced paramedics and an LPN level. Uh, matter of fact, one of our healthcare partners fills uh, open LPN positions with our MAC uh, applicants. So that's our MAC qualified and we're the only state right now in the entire country that has a program like that. And so that's why, you know, shows like MAC? yours are important. So what is the MMAC three-step process to be a MMAC Okay, qualified? good deal. That, yeah, well, the, the, th the three-step process is something that we do. It's kind of an operational thing with us because what we do is we, we recruit worldwide you know, just like this shows like shows like yours. As a matter of fact, in May, we're going to have an ad in the Stars and Stripes transition guide it goes out to 350,000 uh, uh, transitioning service members and, and bases all over the world. We're running a banner ad right now on the Stars and Stripes website, but we use a variety of means 
to get the word out about this program. And, you know, it's funny. We often hear from uh, folks that have been out too long to qualify for the MAC program. And that's, a, that's an important note because uh, to be MAC qualified, you have to have practiced hands-on clinical care uh, within at least a year. After that, the, you know, your skills are getting a little rusty. They're very perishable skills. Uh, so kind of in consultation with our physician and medical directors at our hospitals, they were comfortable with making sure there was that one-year window uh, and, and um, that to be MAC qualified. We wouldn't want someone walking into uh, an ER uh, and, you know, they haven't started an IV in 20 years. Uh, so so we, we, have that, we have that window. Uh, but we do. We recruit worldwide. Um, then at, when that uh, person goes to our website and applies, uh, we review. We review that candidate, A, to make sure that they, uh, they have been out, you know, or they have practiced hands-on skills within a year. Uh, we, they have to have uh, a DD-214 to show us that they were anything other than dishonorably discharged. We don't have uh, dishonor. We don't allow the code of Virginia um, dishonorably discharged individuals, but uh, medical discharge, general discharge, of course, honorable discharge are, are permitted. So we review that. And the other thing we do, it's important, you know, resume is, is key uh, to get, put your best foot forward and your best face forward. Uh, so we work with that candidate's uh, applicant's resume to make sure that it's not a federal resume, that it isn't full of military acronyms and jargon, that it's at least, you know, no more than two pages long. Um, and it's, it's, it's in a civilian, you know, you know referral-ready format. So once we review that candidate to make sure, you know, where they fall in our three pathways, and I'll touch on those again in a second, um, then we refer them to our partner healthcare systems. We have uh, 11 uh, partner healthcare systems uh, all around the state, all the, the big uh, healthcare systems. And kind of my goal with the program was to make sure wherever that veteran or transitioning service member wanted to live in Virginia, we would have an employment opportunity there for them. For instance, we uh, partner with the um, Virginia Department of Corrections. They have a lot of correctional facilities way out in the rural areas of Virginia. If they have openings there for um, someone to work in their medical facilities, we may have an opportunity to have a veteran that wants to live in, you know, far southwest Virginia um, or, or wherever they might be. So that was one of the goals, and we pretty much have the vast, you know, I'd say 95 to 98% of the state covered with uh, a job opportunity if, you know, if that veteran wants to live there. Uh, so that's what we do. We refer them on to a uh, job. We'll, we'll work with them to search our partners. Uh, we have some, some very specific job requisitions uh, set up for our MAC qualified candidates that allow them to practice that advanced scope of uh, skills. Um, so, so that's what we do with our MAC qualified candidates. That's or all of our candidates. That's our kind of our three-step process. So, really, you're cutting through all the red tape and sort of acting as an interface between these people that need healthcare workers and the soldiers, the sailors, the airmen, medical personnel that are leaving service with all these skills and qualified training, and saying, "Hey, we have a need. You have a need. Let's meet these two in the middle and then get them started." 
and get them a job, and then they work on their Virginia qualifi- qualifications at while they're actually working. That's that. That's exactly correct. You know, we often hear, "Well, if I could just get my foot in the door," and you know, well, we don't we don't just get their foot in the door; we kick that door down, we breach that door, and get them to get them their job because uh, we've established relations. Uh, with the uh, with the hiring managers, with the recruiters, with the CEOs and and chief medical officers, and you know a, a kind of a kind of a cool thing happens, Tyler. Once we get one or two of our candidates in a hospital system and working, and they see not only the clinical skills but the soft skills that that veteran brings to the workplace. They're showing up on time. They're showing up in uniform. Uh, they're good teammates. They're good leaders. They're good followers. Um, we hear, send me 50 more just like him or send me 50 more just like her. Um, yeah. So it kind of creates a cycle of success. You know, it's funny. I interviewed a lady from Rand the other day who had created an entire guide for veterans on how, and for employers on all the non-technical skills, like you're talking about, the mm-hmm. soft skills. And it was fascinating to see all the ways they qualified things that People in the military just take for granted, like showing up on time, showing up in the right yeah. uniform. And it was amazing that it's very hard to articulate, especially if you're leaving the military where it's just expected, and find out in the civilian world that that's a big deal. Oh, Tyler, we hear it all the time. We hear it all. And even just showing up, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the term ghosting, but we're hearing that of people that are interviewed, hired. They have a start date and they just don't show up. No call, no email, no nothing. And uh, that, now I'm happy to say that doesn't happen with our folks, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon. <laughs> now with the change of uh, the employment landscape around the country, that that may be a little bit different. But uh, but I, you know I, I've touched on the 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 MAC qualified candidates. We early on in the program we discovered okay. What do we do with that veteran that has been out longer? Sure, they were a, a corpsman, but they've been out two and a half years and maybe not working in healthcare and uh, in, in, in some other field. We still want to bring them the same services. So what we did was create two additional pathways. Uh, one is what we call no veteran left behind, and, and that's for not only the former corpsman or, or uh, six-day whiskey, combat medic, whomever, uh, but say someone who was a, uh, a, a rad tech or a lab tech, uh, someone who was in IT or HR, uh, public affairs. And what we can do is leverage that same relationship we have with that recruiter at that hospital system to say, hey, this guy's not medic and that qualified, but you know, he ran a clinic or, you know, he uh, he was a, a respiratory therapist or a physical therapist in, in the military. And here's here's an opening you have. Now, they still they would have to have their civilian credentials. The MAC qualifieds are the only ones that aren't allowed to do. I mean, are allowed to operate without the credentials. But basically, we've kind of again leveraged that relationship and 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 help that that veteran get hired. And right now, we're running about fifty fifty uh, in terms of our hires between MAC qualified and, and no veteran left behind. Uh, so so that's a uh, that's something that uh, is kind of an outgrowth of our program. And we have that third pathway is leadership. Uh, some of our applicants have their MBAs; they had command level positions. 
in the military, maybe they ran a clinic or a hospital uh, or, or a program, um, or, you know, they were HR, you know, in, in senior HR roles, whatever it might be. Uh, we created that leadership pathway for them and, and we managed them um, in the same way as we do the others, but we will seek out higher level uh you know, positions, for instance, uh, one of our, one of our recent hires is a new, uh, chief of staff, uh, for one of the VA hospitals. So, um, that's an example of, of someone that has a lot of years of experience and, and, and advanced degrees that we can find a job for. So that's, that's our, those are our three pathways. So this is not just the guys immediately leaving, but also people that have been out for a while or have served for 20 years or more and, they served in the healthcare arena, but not necessarily on hands-on clinical um, experience because there's a lot of things that go on in a healthcare environment, such as you know supply and logistics and HR and IT oh. and all these other things that go on. But healthcare is so specialized that if you've been in the area, you probably have a much better understanding of what's going on. So these folks that are out five, 10 years or served and, and are retired now, mm-hmm. You also have a pathway for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tyler, a hospital system or a hospital itself is is just like a military installation. You, like you said, you need infrastructure. You need supply chain logistics. Whether you, you're moving bombs or you're moving Band-Aids, it's, it's still a commodity that has to be, you know, brought in tracked and distributed to the people who, who need that uh, product. So, um, you know, there's a lot of places, and that's something we, we really like to open up the eyes of, of veterans to say, hey, because, you know, because you did public affairs in the military, man, you, you know, healthcare needs people in a public, with a public affairs background or social media, or if you did logistics, don't, don't. Don't hamper yourself. Open, open your eyes. Open your to, to you know the, the opportunities that are out there in healthcare. As you know, man, healthcare is a growing field. When you know that that silver tsunami is washing over our country, and when you look at the opportunities for healthcare employment, uh, five, ten, you know, fifteen, twenty years out, it's it's number one. It's number one. So I'm really curious. I'm a big advocate of licensing reform. Uh, You know, I look at it and that's sort of a more of a political thing that everything is licensed. How in the world did you get the licensing changed so a medic leaving the military can operate as if they had a license? How did that Uh, law change? <laughs> That's a really good question, and we we were fortunate, and we there's a, a lot of people that did a lot of great work uh, before this was even uh, you know officially uh, you know launched uh, back in 2016. Um, a, a lot of it goes to credit goes to our uh, Secretary of Veterans and uh, Defense Affairs at the time. Uh, he was uh, retired Admiral Harvey, uh, John Harvey. He and uh, one of the uh, uh, folks from, and I, I, I'm forgetting her title, she's a physician and she was with the uh, leadership at the Virginia Department of Health. Her name was Dr. Jennifer Lee. Um, it, it, it was almost uh, on the back of a cocktail napkin uh, thing at a meeting where they were talking about the VA's uh, intermediate care technician program, which allows 
people to work in the VA facilities because they fall under different regulatory guidelines than a state facility, uh, former medics and corpsmen uh, allowed them to work. And they were like, wow, can we do, could we do this in Virginia? And so at the time, our governor, Terry McAuliffe, whose uh, son had a son deployed in the military and was a, a strong supporter of military and veterans affairs, we got, they got together with him, um, got members of the General Assembly, the Veterans Caucus. Um, one of them uh, you know, was, a, was a physician, former armor physician. Uh, they, they got together and started just hashing out the details. And uh, I'm happy to say it, the initial law passed with bipartisan support, uh, unanimous support. And, and one of the things is we, we brought a lot of people under the tent, the regulatory people, uh, the Virginia Employment Commission, of course, DVS, uh, the, some of the major healthcare systems, uh, and, and said, let's talk through this. Can we make this happen? Issues were identified, for instance, um, uh, Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement, the uh, CMS reimbursement. Uh, technically, the law says uh, that any care that is going to be billed to Medicare and Medicaid in a healthcare facility has to be done by a credentialed healthcare provider. Um, we got the Virginia Department of Health Office of Life Insurance Certification uh, under the, under the again under the tent, and uh, they said, "Hey, we've got this in the Code of Virginia. We're comfortable with the scope of, of practice that uh, these people bring. So yes, it, it's okay." If our people do patient care and it's okay uh, if it's built, if we didn't have that, the hospital systems would have never bought in. Uh, but we had uh, the, a lot of the uh, uh, public affairs and government relations people from the healthcare systems. Uh, the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association has been a, a great ally and stakeholder uh, in our program. So I, I guess the key was to get everybody around the table. And to answer the question, why not? Why can't we do this? And if there's challenges or obstacles, how do we, you know, overcome them? And and you know, that's the military mindset: adapt and overcome. Mark, uh, that so, is an absolutely. So it, it, Go ahead. Um, sorry, man. No, it's just a, it, it's just a great collaboration and and great teamwork around a great cause. Mark, this program sounds absolutely fantastic. So it covers guys just leaving the military, people who have been out for a while, even people who are retired in other fields. How do they find more about the Military Medic and Corpsman program? That's a great question. Um, the, the best place to start is, of course, with our website, and that's uh, DVS Delta Victor Sierra dot Virginia spelled out. Dot gov g o v, that's Delta Victor Sierra dot Virginia dot gov g o v. Uh, you can plug in M M A C in the search box, and it'll come up. All the information you need to know about our program is on there, uh, including our application. And it's a simple online application. Uh, we just you know like people to uh, have their DD two fourteen and a resume ready. Mark, that's absolutely a fantastic uh, view on all these veteran services that we often run into these roadblocks and someone with the uh, leadership and foresight to say, hey, why can't we do this or how can we do this to make it better for veterans? Mark Whiting with the Department of Veteran Services Military Medic and Corpsman Program. Thank you so much for coming on Coming Home Well. Oh, 
Tyler, you're welcome, and, and thanks for the opportunity to share uh, information about our you know, awesome program. I really hope that you enjoyed the interview with Mark. I am really proud of the Department of Veteran Services. Every interaction I've had just really shows that they have a very dedicated and very motivated workforce that want veterans to get the benefits that they need and to be able to help them find jobs in order to live after serving in the military. I was reading an article the other day that people that are getting out of the military right now in the middle of the pandemic, their service has ended. Over 7,000 of them had to sign up for unemployment the day that they got out of the military because they just couldn't find a job. It's, it's really a challenging thing to, oh, anytime you leave the military, but especially when nobody's hiring and everything's closed. So I want to give you a little bit of news before I have to close the show. There aren't too many events coming up, but I did want to tell you about an opportunity that we had last Wednesday to talk with Dr. Doreen Marshall. She's a PhD and the vice president of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And we were talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting mental health, especially veterans' mental health, suicide prevention strategies, how you can help someone suffering from mental health challenges and possibly contemplating suicide, how to talk with them, how to ask the questions, which is really just asking the questions, and how veterans are different and the same as the civilian population. Now, this is available on the Coming Home Well Facebook page. You just go to the Coming Home Well Facebook page and you'll be able to see the entire interview. So if you know someone that's suffering from mental health challenges, please go take the time to listen to Dr. Marshall until all are home and all are well. This is Coming Home Well. Coming Home Well, helping civilians better help veterans. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. on Seville 107.5 FM and 1260 a.m. WCHV. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby.